0: Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the football podcast. It's one of the last football podcasts for the season. But not the last football podcast for the season, so don't panic. We're talking the final. Did Nottingham Forest go up is the question. We've actually got one game to review and two to predict... And it turns out to be an absolute bumper episode. So check that out. While I've got you, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. If you've got a spare minute, please do drop us a review and tell us whether you like the podcast. Right, let's get started. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast.
1: recording in progress Paul she's not wrong ladies and gentlemen welcome along to another installment of your football based chatter from the cookie cast network uh, well uh, there's, a, there's only there's only really one place to start and it's of course the game that we predicted last week which was indeed the final game of the football season from a English domestic standpoint, at least. Uh, so I, I feel it's it's time to move, hand back over to Mr. Cook to introduce the game, and then to hand over to our resident Nottingham Forest expert to talk us through said game.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm reliably informed that you will be, you will both be sharing the load, but uh, you know. I wanna skip too far ahead. I may be able to
1: provide a comment or two. He'll be able to fill in the gaps where I'm blacked out for
2: seconds at a time. Just
0: (laughs) (laughs) the the one and only game that was A predicted and B mattered was Huddersfield Town going up against Nottingham Forest. The finals. The, the the promotion insight, the, t- the taste, the tip of the tongue, it was all there and all that had to happen is in 90 minutes one team had to win and the other team had to not win. So, Matthew, take us on a journey through time and space, firstly into the past, secondly blow blah blow, blow I want every player that touched the ball in sequence go. But
1: not Brennan Johnson then
2: <laughs> yeah so kind of as we alluded to at the, la- on, the on the last podcast I was kind of I was going but it wasn't a hundred percent confirmed that I was kind of going and then by the time Friday rolled around, me and Paul were going, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we both got um, got tickets. Uh, yeah, complimentary tickets in the club Wembley section, the Forest Club Wembley section. Paul's so excited he's falling off oh, his yeah. sofa. He's completely yeah. just that that part of it. I mean, very very swanky would be kind of. Uh, kind so of when it you was. And you walk in there and it looks kind of nicer than some kind of like food parts of a shopping mall and kind of very you and when it comes to it comes to a lot when you're like oh a nice goose island hazy pail for less than seven pounds signing me up for that considering whatever we had outside of the ground was shocking um, and I know this is not the, uh, the pursuit of hoppiness kind of thing but to have a decent pint of beer in a stadium, for I would say it's probably reasonable, even at not at, not at Wembley, at probably just a standard ground. I was pretty chuffed with that, you know. So yeah, um, I think it was a it was just tense. I, I was really tense. <laughs> I, I don't think I sat back in. my, I didn't get to enjoy the full paddedness of my chair. Um, due to not sitting back in my chair I think for the entire 97 minutes that the game was on Um yeah uh, I think if we kind of kind of go through it I think um, I think Forest dominated the first half for me I think you know, they kept the ball well they passed it around nicely some nice touches um Things like that. I thought Huddersfield kind of had a bit of a threat about them, um, but seemed intent on falling over a lot um, in the first half. Kind of getting the ball, getting the ball in different parts of the thing, and oh, I'll just fall over here. And any any slight bit of contact, I would I would wonder. I w- I'd, 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 I meant to, I meant to look it up earlier to see what their statistics across the season was for getting penalties and free kicks and stuff like that. How many of those they got through the, the season, or whether they heard got VAR in this game. Chuck it out chuck yourself down like a sack of shit, and you might get something. Um, I'll talk about that later. Uh, but in the first half, it seemed to be a lot of is it Toffolo, Thomas, and Sinani. Spent a lot of time on the floor um, But yeah, um, so I thought you know, Forrest looked more of a threat I thought Keenan Davis looked quite, you know, looked sprightly And quite, you know, more of a threat than perhaps Surridge had in the previous game um, I do know that Sam Surridge missed yesterday's celebrations in Nottingham to go and get his groin sorted out. So it's been like that kind of pressing that whatever injury he's had for the last couple of months was like, right, we need to with it straight away. Um, so, and then, what, two minutes before half-time, two, three minutes before half-time, Forrest took the lead. So there was a couple of kind of early kind of that early kind of threats. Um, I think James Garner took a free kick that uh, Yates licked on and then he, if he got like an extra hair on that header i think it would have gone in um but then similar kind of setup again um i think paul confirmed that when when everyone was shouting shoot i was like no don't shoot to which then the ball kind of went flying in and then oh, and i no, it's in the goal kind of thing and uh, uh, after a few kind of after seeing it a few times afterwards, it, it it does turn out that it was an own goal by Colwell, the the, the defender. Um, I think that was just desperation because you know it was that that it was that put the threat of someone being there.
3: Um, so, so we're definitely counting it as a Yates goal for the purposes of the podcast.
2: Then, yeah, uh, I, I've checked on several different um, official websites; they, they all say Colwell, so not 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 Ryan Yates, unfortunately. You won't be shit housing your way to extra points on that one. <laughs> I,
1: watching
3: along at that moment and I was like, Get in, it's him and then it was like, Oh, you've just taken that away from me. <laughs>
2: <It's> like <laughs> 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 Um But I think so then i second half kind of Huddersfield kinda of came out of themselves a little bit, I think. Kind of pushed it pushed it a little bit more. Um Seemed a bit more of a threat, but not. It seemed manageable, I think, for Forrest. Um, I mean, again, maybe me being biased, but again, as Paul will confirm, I was getting very aggrieved by how far back Forrest was sitting. And not just in the last 10 minutes, in the last 20 minutes, they were sitting a long way back. When you've got your defenders on the penalty spot line and your centre mid, perhaps on the eight, edge of the 18-yard box, and your striker not too far from them, they were just getting really stuck in in, in the box. Um, so, yeah, and obviously that kind of threat started to kind of show the cracks. So, kind of first kind of thing that would show is the Jack Colbeck-Harry Harry, Toffolo, is it? Um, penalty Incident, shall we say, um, VAR was in use in the uh, in the in the Championship playoff final. It, by the look of it, it was only used once, um, and it was this incident. Um, I think, kind of in the post-match interviews, Colbeck pretty much admitted that he touched him. I think, me looking back on it, and I, I, you know, I try, I'm trying to be objective, and I think. I'm not always the most biased Forest fan. I think if Toffolo had just gone down instead of swan-dived his way down, they might have got the penalty. But I think, kind of, I think Colbeck said something about oh, he felt like he initiated the contact. I don't think that's quite right. But I think the, the way he went down for the penalty was very theatrical. I think if he'd either just stumbled and gone down or stumbled and not been able to get it shot away, they might have got the penalty on that one. But it was it was tens all round from the judges, would be my kind of analysis for the way that he went down.
3: Well, having, having the benefit of, of being at home uh, and seeing it over and over and over again whilst VAR were uh, deliberating over it i did spare a thought for you matt because i thought oh my god this is gonna be like the worst part of it and having seen the camera angles at the time the it was very much a Colback's leg like, w- w- was there and it was the way that his foot kind of like flopped over it like it, it, it was it was almost as if like i think he, he was definitely looking for it and like you say the dive, dive was most certainly theatrical but then his leg kind of was blocking him, and I guess by the rules of VAR, in in terms of correcting a, a clear and obvious error, it's one of them where if it had given the penalty, I don't think they'd have overturned it. it it's it was it was really really like touch and go, um, and I, I think that I wouldn't say Forrest were lucky to get by it because at the end of the day, if it had been given, Jesus, it would have been soft. But it's. You could you could you could have seen it being given i think in any any other
1: circumstance i think the thing that goes that went against huddersfield in my from what i can remember seeing of the actual incident itself <laughs> was actually if you watch it back Colback goes to plant his foot or he actually goes he actually goes to make like a sort of a swing for the ball and then plants his foot so it's almost as if he pulls out of the challenge to actually plant his foot to because he thinks if he goes for the ball, he's going to he's gonna end up booting the guy and give away a penalty. That's why he plants his foot. And I think that's where, obviously, Toffolo then feels the contact against his shin. And that's what turn, that's what in turn sends him to the ground. But like Matt said there, had he have just fallen to the ground after the initial contact, he probably would have got the penalty. But the arching is back as if he's just been shot in the diaphragm or something similar, is probably not helping his case. And I do think that that, I think that is the only reason why the penalty wasn't given, was that he over-exaggerated the dive. And that was obviously the reason why he was given the yellow card for simulation in the first place. And it's also the reason why the penalty wasn't overturned. Mm. So... I can understand why Huddersfield Town fans are frustrated, but the VAR was was in place for the game. They've followed the protocol. I know there's an article out there where someone saying that they didn't follow the protocol, but I don't see how they cannot have done. It's like, it's not as if it's it's not as if it's just some random guy who's in like you know a little booth somewhere watching it back. This is like an appointed official. That's in charge of all of those decisions, so they obviously ha- They obviously know how the protocol works. So I just, yeah, like you said, Stu, soft would have been definitely the the, uh, the decision. You can you can understand it either way, but yeah, soft for me if it would have been. Good. And, I mean, really, as well. It's a good
3: job that Matt did take you down as a witness, because otherwise he could have uh, <laughs> would have been. Um, <laughs>
2: has, has, has Matt been, Matt been working with VAR this game, just this game? <laughs> I think. I just. I think. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it with forest tinted glasses, and I haven't watched Huddersfield that much this year, and I, I meant to try and look up the stats today, but I couldn't find them quickly they seem to they seem to go looking for the fouls and they seem to go looking for the fouls not not just then but earlier on in the match as well it seemed to be make the ref make a decision make him make a lots of decisions make them and make him you know if they're going to use var we're going to make them use var over and over again i don't know i don't know if that's Bielsa, Ball, because obviously the, the Huddersfield guy is is, a, is is obviously from that coaching tree, to use the NFL kind of phrase. It just seemed, taking the match in, in the hole, and the, people can call me a homer if they like, but I think I'm generally pretty fair when these kind of things go on. There wasn't many forest bodies just flinging themselves to the ground, and I've been the first one to criticise them this season, to say that I don't like the attitude, I don't like the way they harangue the ref at times. They didn't do that in this game. Um, you know, we talk about Ryan Yates being, you know, we know what his nickname is, but I don't think he was particularly like that in the game either. Um, I don't know whether either. You know, we also know that Steve Cooper's dad's involved in the refereeing, so whether he said to the team, "Listen, this is this guy's last game as a ref." take any crap so don't give him any crap don't take the piss with like diving and chucking yourself to the ground and you know he doesn't like that so whether they've got someone in and said that to to the play to the forest players and Hudsfield haven't done that and thought we're just gonna make him make decisions all all match um and then you just get to the point I think some referees get to the point where it's like I'm experienced, I've done this for a long time, stop trying to take the mickey out of me. And then, you know, at that point, it's going to be kind of thing. And I think, like you said, with the Toffler penalty, I think it's very much, um, it's like in Rugby League or Rugby Union when they ask the question, is it a try, yes or no? Or can you give me a reason as to not give this try? And it was, can you give me, is that a penalty? You know, is my decision correct? And they've probably turned around and gone, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's thrown himself, he's, he looks like, I think there was definitely a look of, like, right, can I initiate contract, contact because I'm probably not going to get the ball going into the box. There was there was more defenders there. Um, and then the way he threw himself down was theatrical. And, you know, I think if, if he would have gone down, if he would have gone down normally, as it were, and we'll come to the next one. Um I think they might have got the penalty. Because it probably it probably was a penalty at the end of the day, but they shot themselves in the foot by the way they constructed their match plan, if you want. I mean we we've we talked about this
3: sort of privately through the, the chat before we came <laughs> on, but generally the ref had a, a pretty a pretty good game, but there, there was for me, I said this to you guys, that there was a bit of an air of kind of wanted to keep a lid on the cards he didn't he didn't let any cards go in the first half at all and there was there was a couple of challenges in particular the other way especially that is it um sar who had brought in he'd been out of the huddersfield team for a little while but was brought back in for his last contracted game as well at, at the center half it was one in the first half i can't remember who it was and he absolutely cynically just i don't know if it was a pullback or just flattened him just it was just in that position where he thought if he'd have been last man he'd have been knackered. But he, and I thought, oh, is a yellow card coming here? Nailed on, nothing. Kept it in his pocket. But then I think it set the tone a bit more when like second half came and he decided that he was going to get a few. Because it was it got booked as well for Forest, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and then obviously Toffolo got booked for, for diving, which. In hindsight, now, had he have issued a card in the first half for the same offence, just not necessarily in the box, it might have uh, not have come to that.
2: I think there was like when I watched the when I watched the highlights, it, I think it was Toffolo again gets the ball right down in the kind of right down in the forest, court, right back corner. And he just chucks himself to the ground, like he just waits for Spence. I spent breathes on him, and then next thing he's on the floor, and you're like no you can't you can't kind of yeah that's not gonna wash um so then obviously not long not long after that um o'brien kind of went down under a challenge from max low and i mean that was i i didn't see that i don't i don't know if i didn't see that one or i just blacked out for a minute or kind of what, what what happened with that one? But well, that one seemed to be swept away quite quickly, and obviously no VAR, very little or no VAR check with that one. Um, and with that one again, you know, I think I think I think, on on the commentary, I think I listened to watch the highlights on Quest. They said, "Oh, he's very clever. This is what O'Brien does," and I don't know whether. I don't know if, if clubs get a very similar kind of thing to, like, American football or basketball. They get time to speak to the officials and say, hey, this guy does that, you know. And I wonder whether there's an element of... They'd said he plants... Because like, you see him, he gets the ball and he kind of positions himself and then stops. And then Maxlow kind of goes into the back of him and, the, and their legs tangle tangle again. And for me that one is more of a penalty than the first one. I would, I would say that penalty is given like 99.9% of the time, whereas the Toffolo one is probably given less because of the theatrics to it.
3: I would agree with that again from from the benefit of, of having it on the screen at the time. It was, it, it like you say, it was more a case of he, he ran into the back of him and the legs kind of like tangled a little bit, which... Again, you can see how that might be builders, you know, just a, a coming together. But he de- definitely kicked to the back of his thigh, like he's back of his calf as he went in. So, but but then again, probably you know, yes, there were less theatrics this time around, but the way that they'd conducted himself across the entire game to that point, he probably just thought none of that mate. just anyway. It's, a,
2: it's the same kind of thing. They they both seem like they're similar sized blokes. And I would like to think if somebody ran into the back of me, I wouldn't go down like a sack of shit. Um, which seems to be seemed to be the standard kind of thing. You know, you, you look at that kind of thing, and it was, again, you know, I'm kind of hot banging on about it. It seemed to be any little bit of contact we down. and and you know, make make the referee make a decision, make the referee make a decision. You're like, it's like that um, old cop movie when it's like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. But he's like got one last mission in him because he's retiring in the summer. In the summer, yeah, this is like his last game before retiring. <laughs> it's like so he kind of seems to have this attitude of, oh man, I'm not, I'm not. I don't, I don't want my last match to be punctuated by. He gave away two contentious penalties that, or a contentious penalty that cost Forest the promotion. On the flip side of that, he's got the other side of it. Um, of he didn't give a penalty. Could have put Huddersfield in the Premiership, which is it, which is the kind of thing. So then, yeah, then the only kind, of, the only kind of other thing that kind of punctuated it for me was um, uh, obviously then all of a sudden Brees is injured and going down, and we're bringing on a keeper, and I'm like, whoa, 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 no, 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 the heart can't cope with this part of things. What, what the hell are we doing? Kind of thing. So I think it was first he went down and he's like hobbling about, and then Huddersfield start taking pot shots a little bit. Of course, none of them hit the target because they didn't have a shot on goal all game. Um, I mean, Forrest can't really talk. We had two. Um, so it shows how kind of cagey it was. Um, and then, obviously, Horath came on for the, like, the last... Ten, um, maybe? Yeah, ten minutes included injury time, um, which then injury time turned into the longest six minutes of my life would have been kind of thing with no way of kind of stupidly well luckily the guy in front of us had set a timer which was about a minute out (laughs) which was just like heart attack inducing um and uh but yeah you can think oh man i should have set a timer just to kind of count those six minutes down but then would it have been worse if it as it goes over those six minutes but yeah six minutes um and yeah that forest forest that promoted um I don't I don't know if you want to discuss the ramifications of it, or do you want to take a break before we kind
0: of talk about that? I mean yeah, I think there's, there's probably still a lot of meat on the bone here. I've got a, I mentioned Mr. Williams earlier. I've got a um, a provoking question to ask, which uh, I can ask in the second half. Um, so yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll take a small break. And come back for for more on the uh, on the game. So we'll be right back.
1: Recording in progress. So obviously we left off there. We we just got to the end of the game. Obviously we've been talking about the the well the main the main discussion points were obviously the two contentious penalties. Isn't it? Um I'd say I'd say for me the, the main the main reason why Huddersfield didn't win the game can just be summed up in the fact that if you look at the stats, they, like Matt said, five total shots, none of which were on target, goalkeeping, saves Huddersfield two, Nottingham Forest zero. Literally, at no point did they ever test either samba or Horvath at any point during the game like we said that this that when when the game started it was a bit cagey for the first half for the, for the majority of the first half i'd arguably say that not, that huddersfield probably started the better of the two i'd say they had it for the first 10 minutes because thomas was getting on the ball he was running at he was running at, um, at spence and he was trying to sort of make things happen down that side i still to this t- to this day don't understand that, if they'd have just watched the Sheffield United second leg of the playoffs, surely they'd know attack the left side because callback isn't a natural left wing back. So I don't understand why they were putting most of their efforts down Forrest's right hand side. All of their attack came down that side. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, so if I was that, that's. That's where I'd be sort of holding my anger if I was a Huddersfield fan, personally. Why, why we've gone into a game we haven't had a single shot on target. Why we've not, like, you know, attacked arguably the weakest point of Forrest's team.
3: A lot of the build up on Sky before the game was around Thomas and around his, his dead ball prowess. So now putting two and two together after what we just talked about to like this now, it's like, yeah, it was on the ball quite a lot early uh, earlier on. But again, he was another one that I seem to remember. Little clip down right now. I've got a chance to put it into the box. And for all the build-up that he got on Sky,
1: certainly two of his deliveries were absolute garbage. So it was. It was like I say. Other than the first sort of ten minutes and a little bit more in the first half, he was pretty much anonymous. And Forrest actually dealt with him really well. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not a football. I'm not a manager or anything like that. But to me. If he's your main outlet, would you not think to maybe shift him to the opposite flank and try him there? Well, I don't know if he's if he's obviously operating off the left. I don't know if it's because he's cutting in on his right and then trying to whip the ball in all the time. So if he's obviously if he if, if he doesn't, he just obviously doesn't work off off the off the right flank. Maybe I I, I don't know. It just seemed a bit strange to me. Not not meaning to to
3: offend Matt with this, but generally I thought. I, I didn't really think either manager had a plan B come the game because effectively they, they you obviously Forex managed the game much better, having gone one up But like you said about having Thomas has been ineffective. They didn't do any, Huddersfield didn't do anything to change that, and that was clearly the plan. But then, like, like we've already alluded to once over, Johnson might as well have been sat on the bench and then playing with ten because he was. He was absolutely missing for,
2: I would say, for all of that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to throw in as well. Podcast favorite. Close your ears, Andy. I think Zinchenko was pretty anonymous as well, kind of thing. And I think that would be the like the resounding feature of the last. I mean, I, I didn't see the first the first of the playoff finals. but the second playoff final anonymous. He was pretty anonymous in the. Um, in 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 the in the playoff final, he was very very anonymous against uh, Bournemouth in the game when they could have
1: kind of taken over second place, you know. And yeah, I think if you look, I think if you look back at the stats, he's not he's not ended the season well. From my like the game certainly the games that I've seen, he's like he's, he's looked very very poor. Not on the not on it. Um, and in fact, I'd go so far as to say I don't think he's had a good game since he scored that goal against Blackpool that won me a bit of cash. Yeah. Um, and he just it just strange, but like, like I think like like Matt said there, I think like the the sort of the, the big sort of strong suit for Forrest in the first half was Keenan Davis dropping dropping short, picking the ball up and just driving him forward because other than that. There was a, there was a period for about 15 minutes in the second half where Forrest literally could not get out of their own half, and every time the ball came to them, they were just panicking and just hoofing it long. But yeah. every time they hoofed it long, they perfectly picked out a they perfectly picked out a Huddersfield player, so the ball was just getting recycled straight back at them and so and Scrappy, scrappy for at least 15 or 20 minutes. I said to, I said to both um, Matt and Panas that it's not really going to be a game that's going to stick in the memory for the purists for a long time it wasn't it wasn't a great game of football to watch i think both teams were very cagey had Forrest had forest not got the goal just before half time i think we were potentially on for a nil niler because i don't think there was there wasn't anything sort of like coming from certainly from huddersfield to say that they were threatening and it wasn't as if the goal for Forrest came after a massive set a massive period of pressure it no, kind of came, came out of the blue that that goal. It was just a bit of a pop shot from Garner. I think it had,
2: went direct. I'd, I'd, Again, I'll say I'm going to sound like the biased Forest fan here. I think that came after a concerted period of what in that in re- in relation to the game would would be conceived as pressure. And um, I don't think I don't think any team either team had anything like that until Huddersfield 10 minutes from the end of the game when they were chasing um, I, I would say Forrest came into the game with a plan to try and win but not lose whereas Huddersfield came with a game of don't lose and it, you know, it seemed very much like right lads just don't lose don't give anything up don't give anything everybody's back you know if we can pinch something like you said obviously with the with the um with the, with the set pieces and stuff like that can we get can we nick something as opposed to going and winning it and I think it it, it does it does you know like the, with with Stu saying that kind of thing that like Cooper didn't seem to have another plan you know we we'll are probably get some point we're gonna have to kind of discuss it you know I've got, I've got a couple of things that I've um, you know, you're gonna have to have more than one plan for the Premiership.
3: Yeah, um, I can tell you that from experience because it's it's that that first half of the season that Hull were up. They absolutely took. No, I mean they were third at one point, which is ridiculous. And then they got found out. And then
1: the fact that they did so well in the first half of the season is what kept them up. And then I was second, just gonna say that that's what second, that's what saved them in because was what was it. What was it? Out of the last nineteen games, I think they won one, and obviously they didn't lose all of them. But it was like sixteen or something out of the last nineteen that they lost. It was it was not fun. Um, but then but then second season,
3: they they ended up suffering. So they they I they think they, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of work to do. Like it it will feel very much. You have got to enjoy the time now and definitely obviously the, the experience, especially you guys just had. But. Just hope that they put in put in the work because, that they, they you know it, it starts now. That they're, they're gonna need to be looking at everything from game plans to signings, bike the morning after because it's shit just got real as they say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think that's. I, I mean, we can take it. I mean, we can take it two kind of ways. We can either look at where the forest go from now, or if I think we can we can do this bit now. Obviously, at the start of the season, we discussed about which clubs had it worst in the past however many years, and I kind of, like, set my stall out, kind of, very much that Forest have had the worst of it in the past, kind of, 20 years, kind of thing, and I think Sunday kind of puts all that in the bin, in a way, kind of thing. I don't think, with the season that they've had, and... I don't, it sounds over dramatic when you say it, but I think I'd kind of given up on football. I wasn't that bothered. Like, you know, we'd kind of start, you know, I, 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 I was doing the podcast because I, you know, I like speaking to you guys about football. I like the way you talk about football. I like the bit of fun that we have with it. But I was kind of like, how much are we going to be able to contribute to it? you know, I know I'm cynical and, you know, I kind of, you know, it's a bit of fun and that kind of side of it, but where is it going to go? And, like, as the season's gone on, I've kind of got a bit more emotionally attached to the team. I don't like some parts of it, but the kind of side of it that, like, and it's kind of like, so then I went back because I remember kind of the, the bit where I started to kind of like give up was the year they went down to League League One. Because um, they, got, they got relegated from the Premier League and I'd kind of dealt with that a couple of times and you know you kind of thing and it, it kind of bumbled along for a couple of years and it, it was it was kind of thingy but um, the year they went down to, to League One was just, it was awful and then Gary Megson took over and it was even worse. And I can't, it's a vivid memory, but I, it, I'm pretty sure I, I, I went. I might have gone with a dad. And I'm not sure if they'd even got relegated yet. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm mixing up my seasons. They got relegated and they drew two each with Gillingham at home. And it was terrible. Like, there was just, even though they drew two each, it was just a, a dour game. And then... Radio Nottingham. I must have been. I must have gone on the train because so I was listening to Radio Nottingham on a crappy little DAV radio, and they played this bleak montage of like everything that had happened since Clough had left, and it was like talking about David Platt and, so, and they, oh we know we knew this day was coming and you just thought, Jesus Christ! Like the first you're you were the first European champions to be relegated to the third tier. This has happened, that's happened, or you know, do you remember Sheffield United in the playoffs finals? That was crap, wasn't it? You know, and it was just this kind of like woe is me of forest history and and then we spent three seasons in League One and it, it just and that the following season was this they came out. The players did and they've been terrible all season, I think. Like, Megson had got sacked halfway through the year. And someone else had taken over, or whatever version of that was. And he came out with t shirts to say sorry, and it, you know, sir, or you know, like each player went, thank you, and sorry. And he just felt like saying, just burn them, put, put them in the middle of the pitch and burn them because I don't care, you know. And I think it, it was, yeah, you know, it was just like really kind of thing. So I think. The stats that I got was we've gone 23 years, which is 8,414 days, which is 1,069 games, Um, before we got back into the Premiership. That's been 31 managerial changes, 20 different permanent managers, and four different owners, and a partridge in a pear tree. Um, (laughs) And it just shows, like, just became a joke. We became the butt of a joke, and I think that was the thing that stopped me going, stopped me wanting to go, not 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 supporting them, but just we were the butt of the joke. We were the oh yeah, the first European champions to get relegated to the the champ bit to the, 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 the third tier. You know, oh look, here comes Uncle Fawaz with you know with his with his money and you know throwing it around and comparing himself to Brian Clough and. All that garbage when he turned up, and you know, and it was just and the ch- you know the changes of the managers that oh another sacking at Nottingham Forest who they're going to bring in this time and it was going to be some random person you know Steve McLaren for forty days or however long he lasted and then Alec McLeish for a week and you know Sean O'Driscoll who did a really good job and then got sacked after we beat Leeds four two or something like that. I, I,
3: I feel like you've you've skipped over Steve McLaren there by not giving him his full title of ex-Hull City and now Manchester United assistant manager, Steve McLaren.
1: I mean, yeah. he he's literally the only manager in Middlesbrough history to win a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not take the good name of Sir Steve, Steve McLaren Steve. into into oh, you know into the? I'm not. I'm, I, it, my,
2: it, it, I'm not criticising his, man, his the job that he did at it Forest. It's, it's just he didn't get any time to do anything.
1: It was just like, yeah, he's rubbish. Get him out. And it was it just he was, it it was very much on the down spiral. Yeah, after was. So this so this came after he'd had the England job. And so then, was that after he'd been to Holland as well and done his impressions? To, uh, well, I think it was after he'd actually sort of like he'd actually built himself back up with the twenty. Yeah, yeah. in Holland. Then I think he went to Germany with Wolfsburg and that didn't go well and it's been down and down since then, really.
2: But yeah, I, you know, then
1: Obviously, we had like
2: 18 months, kind of 2016, 2017, where we couldn't sign any players because we'd gone into financial fair play and stuff like that. And I just think it became a bit of a joke because... You know, Fawaz was there. We weren't paying bills. We weren't paying local businesses for like things with the team. And you know, it's been a big change around, like in the club, in the past three, three, four years. And there's still been mistakes. You know, like managers being sacked at the drop of a hat and stuff like that. Um, but I think like there was, I think there's, I think there's, there's been a lot of praise for Steve Cooper and the players in the past few days. There's been a lot of praise for the chairman because they always praise the chairman. I think the three people that I kind of particularly wanted to shout out. And one of them is kind of thing so Dane Murphy, who's the CEO of the club, who we got from Barnsley, and he's brought a very money ball kind of attitude into it. So it's a very, and that'll filter onto what's for the future for Forrest. Um, second one is Gary Brazil, who's the director of football development, who basically is the academy guy. And he's stepped into Forest a couple of times and done a really good job. But, you know, the Worrells. The Yateses, the Johnsons, have all come through into the team. Might, and they've all come through the academy that he's built over the past kind of ten years or so. And then the last one is kind of, it's a bit kind of, you know, thingy. It's Nigel Doughty, the the former owner who sadly passed away kind of ten years ago now, um, and he saved the club in '99 because they were going to go into administration, um, and then when he passed away. In 2012, in his will, Forrest were written into his will that money would still be given to Forrest to keep them afloat until the point that they're sold. And it's realistic that without him, they were sh- they were shipping a hundred thousand pound a week when he took over. Um, that there, there wouldn't be a football club. Um, and in a way, you know, it's nice that finally Forrest, you know, the the training grounds named after him and it's nice that they've got up there Um, but yeah the the future I think Mr Cook has a a
0: question question. I've got a question it might not be uh, it might not be I don't know what you'd call it I was going to say politically correct but I don't think that's right Um, we haven't actually fully gone through the score Uh, I think we've sort of pieced it together Um, so my question is: Moving up, upper league, off the back of an own goal. How how comfortable are we feeling on that one? So what I mean is, would it have been uh, would it have been a preferred if it had gone nil nil, like complete full time, and had to go to penalties? And Forest won on penalties. Would it have been better? That Forrest had scored two absolute pearler goals, and 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 that would have been okay. Or is it a wins uh, effing win?
2: I mean, the, the the first scenario where it would have gone extra time and penalties, Paul would have had to peel me off the ground and carry me back down Wembley Way back to the car because they just would have that would have had. Nothing left. I just—it was exhausting. Like to
1: say, to say he was bad enough at the fact that they'd won the game. I honestly dread to think what would have had to do to get you back. Had they not have won? I don't know how Panas
2: did it. Panas did not seem to have a care in the world. And <laughs> like went through it the whole game, and it was just.
1: Uh, he's, See, he's always got Sheffield United to fall back on, hasn't he? So, <laughs> oh, no. God, don't, don't suggest that to him, God. <laughs> I suppose, so, like, obviously, like, the three of us have now had the experience of seeing our team in the play-off final at Wembley. I obviously haven't had the same experience as you two have, and from the other side, I never had the chance to sort of like, well, apart from the first like fourteen minutes or whatever, when it was still nil nil, but because Borough was, were two nil down so early in the game, I don't think I ever allowed myself to actually get to that point where it was like, oh, this could actually happen. Obviously, you had the stuff, you have the stuff the build up to the game and stuff like that. It's like it's always going to be, oh yeah, they'll win this. They, you know, they're going up, blah blah blah. But obviously, until the game actually kicks off, it's a, it's like a. It's like a hypothetical situation, and then obviously you go into the mode of the game kicks off, and then you're in you're in the sort of the the ninety minute, hundred and twenty minute, whatever it is zone, where it is what it's going to be, and you just sort of roll with the punches. Obviously, <laughs> I text some of the guys that I actually went to the Borough game with, and just said after twenty minutes, well, Forrest have done better than Borough already did, mm-hmm. so. Um, But obviously, notorious, uh, you know, lead-lined, fancy new stadium, Uh, my uh, signal did not work. So um, even though the stadium is sponsored by a mobile phone company, it was not my mobile phone company. So I had very little signal. Um, I can't can't
0: imagine that's done deliberately.
1: Oh, no, definitely
0: That's definitely not 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 an advertising campaign. Everyone else's
1: signals to that. Yeah, I. Obviously, I was the I was there as I was there as a, as a sort of a neutral, but I was obviously there as a as a Forest supporter for the day. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I, yeah, if if they hadn't have won, I, yeah, I, I dread to think what what the sort well, of atmosphere coming out of the stadium would have been. Well,
2: I I hadn't told my dad that we were going. So and my dad sent me a text message on the 28th of May. So whenever that is, um, uh, I want Forrest to win as always. But I don't. I don't do live football very well anymore. Perhaps that will change. That perhaps that will change uh, when we're losing every week in the Premier League. So that that was what he'd sent me like a day or so before. Um, so then I sent him pictures of us in the stadium. Are you there? How did you get a ticket? Um, you're very brave, I only put my phone on to check something, switching switching off again now until the game's over. Next message, 23 minutes past 6, so what, 10 minutes from the end? How are you coping with this? I've lost the BBC, have they won? And this is obviously, my phone had run out of battery at this point, so I couldn't even reply to it. Um, and then finally... You Reds, uh, glad you were there to see it. So like, so <laughs> that's my dad going through the
1: ringer and not even watching it, like just wow. kind of either you know, listening to it. That thread is literally the full gamut of emotions. All it was missing with it was some sort of fucking forest or something like that. <laughs> something oh, typical. Ah, wow, like, oh, useless deep bastards. Deep blah blah blah. Deep breaths and heavy breathing. It was just like. <laughs> Well, yeah. Don't obviously, go through that again. It's just I, speaker is a neutral, Andy. I, um, I think I could safely say for everybody, if your team gets promoted and it comes off someone's bollocks,
0: you don't care. Okay, that's that. I, it's been a burning question since the since the game well, finished, and I've been like, do I text and go? So, how are we feeling about this? Or do I keep it for the podcast as actual content? So I've just been sitting on my hands this entire time going, <laughs> I need to know, I need to know. Is it? could
2: have run onto the pitch and it hit the dog and gone in and everyone could have had an absolute shit fit about it and it still would have been fine. Like I said, 23 years, 8,414 days and 1,069 games, including four playoffs, four playoffs. Yeah. Um, and as he said, a stint in League One, five playoffs, I think. Yeah, five, yeah. I, it didn't. It didn't matter how it went in. And to be fair, the fact that it looked like it went in off Yates kind of made it a little bit kind of. If it would have been, it perhaps would have been a little bit more galling if it would have been like the poor lad sat on the ball and it like flirted out from underneath him and went in. Then yeah, you'd perhaps be a little bit thin. But no, just just the fact that. It, Fact that the one
3: is 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 fine. But, I'd, I'd, I'd go so far as even to say, even if it have hit the guy in the face and broken his nose and caused some sort of massive injury, so, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't care at this point. And, yeah. and as well, just a little note on, on like like Paul mentioned, we've we've all kind of been through it now. When I was there at the uh, 2008 playoff final, it was billed as the, the the biggest game in world football at the time due to the value of it. And I always remember it being touted as a, like a hundred million quid. Well, this just shows you the price of inflation now because they were touting last last weekend's game at 170 million quid. So <laughs> it's gone up just a little bit. Yeah, or you know, half of it, yeah. kill it, or whatever you want to call it.
1: Well, yeah, we actually covered this when we were actually walking to the ground. Um, I don't know how long it's been the case, but... It's almost been like a gentlemanly agreement between the two clubs that whichever team goes up doesn't take a cut of the um, gate receipts for the game. So all the gate receipts will have gone to Huddersfield because obviously Forest don't need the money because they've just basically pocketed £180 or whatever it is for going up. Obviously, you have to take the, the, the small portion of the fee that they have to give Borough for Jed, so that'll come off the fee, that'll come off the amount that they've been given, and then obviously you have to factor in the fact that they're probably now going to want to buy Jed. So that's got he's got. I mean, he's got to be worth at least sixty-five million. I mean, let's let's <laughs> there's, there's also there's also as well that
3: forget the fact that Zinchenko's parent club got relegated from the division. He's just won promotion to So there's definitely going to be some exchanging going on there. You'd have thought.
2: Well, they, they, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were saying how awful would it be that like, basically Watford just like cast him aside after they got promoted and was like, right off your pot and go to Forest kind of thing, we don't want to pay you for a season. And then now they're back in the Championship, they'll go, you did all right in the Championship last year, actually we're going to keep you. Um, so that, that that was the kind of last thing that I thought about. Is obviously kind of like I said, Dane Murphy, the CEO has kind of got this muddy ball attitude to it and they want to buy players that they can either sell on for a profit or is going to be a proper asset to the club. But we've got five players that were low knees this year that all kind of contributed kind of thing. so we've got Garner from Man United, uh, Zinkenagel from Watford, Max Low from Sheffield United, Jed Spence from Middlesbrough, and Keenan Davis. From Aston Villa, and then obviously all the other players that we've got in the team that you would question whether they can, whether they can make the step up, you know. Podcast favorite, you know. We're not going to. I doubt we'll be able to pick him next year as, as our sixty goal of season striker, because maybe old Lewis Grabban is exactly that now. He's old, um, but yeah, I'm, you know. How many of those loanees come back, maybe? You know, I think, you know, as someone said, if someone goes to Jed Spence and offers him, you know, Forest offering 40 million a week... But then the Spuds offer him, oh. s- offer him 60 million a week. You don't know, do you? It's Premier League prices, isn't it? You've got it. No one's paying anyone 40 million a week. Oh, sorry, 40,000 a week. Sorry, that, all that money had gone to my head. <laughs> but it's, Killian, Killian Mbappe's going, whoa, hang on a minute. I need to pay myself a lot
1: more <laughs> uh, I'm running a club here and I'm playing and I'm coaching. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, if, if he gets pissed off, he'll just put himself on the transfer list. So it's fine. Well, yeah. So, like, yeah. Someone had said, if you're know,
2: if, if Forest offering forty grand a week or however much, will they be able to match it? You know, I would hope that they wouldn't, because I think putting yourself into financial bother like that, you know. But then people are saying they probably need ten players through the door, and you know, Paul has said they look like a really tight group of players, kind of thing. The way they celebrated and stuff like that, they seem like. You know, even like useless players like Bong was on there celebrating, and you know you can't think you you can get out, mate. You're terrible. Um, I couldn't take my eyes off
1: him. He was all over the celebration. He was loving life, him and Cafu. Him was and Cafu, weird. yeah. Cafu was front and centre. I'm I'm gonna throw at uh, last
3: time because he's been great all season and he's got us all points. But I am gonna throw Johnson under the bus for that game one more time. Do not go missing in a game to the extent that you did and then be the only guy, front and centre on the balcony, receiving the trophy, fucking videoing yourself, you absolute knob. It's going to be on telly. You're going to be able to get a video of all of this. What are you even doing? Just enjoy the moment. Stop it's watching it through, you through your fucking phonings. You know, it's no, the I, I was, It's for the I gram, is so it? It's for
0: the gram. you got to go get the followers for the gram
1: see Jed. Jed's
0: been giving it big left football, and football then you
1: get the football as well. Um, yeah, Jed. Jed hasn't been. Uh, Joe hasn't been enamouring himself to the Borough faithful by, uh, you know, tweeting out within minutes of the game finishing. Oh, where are my manners? Welcome to Twitter at Real Warnock.
2: whilst smoking a massive cigar and uh, in his flip-flops in the in the dressing room at Wembley. <laughs> with the, it, was, it was a nice touch. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think realistically, possibly three of those five will be back. Well, I think realistically two might be back. I think we might have a battle on our hands to get Spence back.
1: Um, I, don't, I don't know, because I think he has come out and said that he would like to stay but he knows that it's not in his hands. Um, I think that United will be tempted to send Garner back because you'd imagine if they want to get him Premier League experience, why not send him to a place where he's comfortable in the team rather than just packing him off to like Burton, well, I was going to say Burnley. They're not even a Premier League team. Uh, like Brighton or someone for a season where he doesn't know like whether he's going to fit in with the style of play. they well, will they'll um, call him
3: at Christmas though when they're both battling it out
1: for 16th? Well, yeah. I was going to say, you never know. United might be, uh, you know, battling against relegation. So,
3: should we, uh, should we maybe get the formalities out of the way at this point,
0: Andy? <laughs> for, the, for the book purposes, um, would anyone like to guess who the only person who didn't get any points in this game was? <laughs> yes, Excellent. yes, it was I all the points. Matthew I'm Moore. Your life, Matthew Moore offset, his team going up. By getting zero points in this game. As it was, uh, the rest of us just got one point each because uh, everybody, apart from Matt, put Forrest down to win. Uh, no surprises, nobody got the goal scorer. Even, even from a uh, from a predicting Huddersfield goal scorer, nobody got the goal scorer. Um, so just a point of peace there. Um, so, where to, Mr. Williams?
1: Well, there are England games, so we can cover the England games if we want to, to uh, open us back up for a, a return podcast next week that potentially would be the last of the season. Although then there's other games actually the week after that, so virtually two weeks' time. It's the season that never ends. Um, we could cover a little bit of news. But we might have to take a small break before we start with said news.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was looking at that, I'm looking at that time ticking away there, thinking, let's uh, let's have another break, freshen up, splash a little water on our faces, and get back in the thick of it. So we'll be right back in a moment. Don't go changing. Two secs.
1: Recording in progress
0: apparently there was a wardrobe change at uh, it's not even half time it's the third time uh, whatever um, we've adopted we've adopted the um,
1: ice hockey principle rather than two halves we've gone for three periods in this particular podcast so we're entering the third and final period you've, you've um, committed so yourself we've, covered, we've <laughs> covered the important stuff um, we'll do a little bit of news and then we'll uh, as as we said as we alluded to earlier, there is actually some football still to go. England have got four fixtures over the coming uh, two weeks or so. Um, playing four fixtures in the Nations League. So we'll cover those, give some predictions for that, and then we'll see how we get on. But from a news perspective, obviously, there wasn't just the championship playoff final taking place this weekend. Um, it was almost a bit of a double celebration for, uh, for Mr Moore as uh, by no means his other team, but a team that is close to his uh, close to his heart, I dare say, was involved yeah, in the League now, 2 yeah. playoff final the day before. Oh, I thought you meant because Liverpool lost the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. On the list. Yes, yeah, so the day before was the, the, League, One, uh, the League 2 playoff final, I apologise. And I believe Port Vale beat... Mansfield, was it 3 0 in the end? Mm. I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure it was 3 0. I know they were 2 0 up at one point. Yeah, as far as playoff final go, it was a bit of a rout. It was 3 0. Yeah, Mansfield 0, Port Vale 3. So, Port Vale have got themselves promoted to League 1.
2: Yeah, I think they're something with that one. Is it Benning? Uh, you've got the third goal is South Asian, of like South Asian heritage. So it's kind of like something to kind of highlight, I think, kind of thing like promoting kind of like the diversity in football kind of thing. Um, it's kind of quite, quite the, like that South Asian, Indian, Pakistani kind of group, but not like represented that highly in football. And I think they've made a big deal. Yeah, like someone had pointed it out, and he was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely trying to raise that kind of profile in football because it's not, but not a massively represented group across the board, really. Um, so, yeah, chuff for the veil because um, they made, at the point, I think they were in the playoffs at the in the season that Covid started, so 2019, 2020. Um, and I think the owners, the Shanahan's of, um, who own who own the Vale, were very much behind stopping the season, um, but ultimately led to the Vale dropping out of the playoffs, which was for you know people who know who like know about the Vale, but they've been through a difficult kind of few years kind of thing with with getting kind of financial issues and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so chuff for the Vale, chuff that they've gone up because. They're a well-run club by good people apparently. So and um, is it Daryl, the their manager, has had a absolutely horrific time as well as kind of thing with his, I think his daughter dying early on in the season and uh, yeah, it's kind of really kind of he's um, he's a, a Man's, ex Mansfield player managing the Vale, um, so I think they stood up and cheered him. Was it in the eighth minute or something like that?
1: Um, uh, so yeah, he's, he's he's actually he's actually an ex hartlepool United player as well. He actually he had a uh, long stint at Hartlepool after he left Mansfield earlier in his career. Um, but yeah, I was just looking at there, and I know that he'd had uh, like a family situation earlier in the season. I didn't realise that it was his, his daughter had passed away. Um, but yeah, just fair play to him for being able to carry on, really, because that's horrific and obviously no parent should have to have to sort of go through that really um but just a lovely end to uh, what must have been an absolutely horrific season for him um outside of the league Ah. two player final we also had the champions league final as alluded to by mr woodmancy just there uh, which took place in paris and by all accounts was a bit of an absolute shitstorm. Um, <laughs> I mean apart from the football bit That bit was fine
3: The, uh, the, the commentary team On that were absolutely ridiculous So Paul uh, was, was probably about to say I'm sorry for cutting you off there but About all the trouble outside um, Apparently reports of people Getting tear gassed um, Because they were, they were apparently late to the venue um, But they, from my understanding They were late to the venue because of Just how generally shit French traffic is Anyway um so yeah, you're a bit late. Oh what's that? Oh I have a tear t- gas bomb, off you go fellas. Um but the, the bit the commentary thing that I was getting to it's alright because you know, everybody's made it inside. Um have ha, have they? No, this was, this was ten minutes into the game when people were still coming in with <laughs> with issues, shall we say. But um but yeah, but the fo- the football bit was fine. As far as, as far as my perspective sits, i I'm, I'm I was very happy with it.
2: I think the thing for me is like kind of we talked about it in the past, like the Hillsborough and stuff like that. It's a it's it's a difficult fan base for that that incident to happen to to be penned in those kind of cages and things where there's only one route out and you're getting kind of thing. It, you know, I. It must have been really scary for some of those people who were at Hillsborough who were possibly in that kind of situation again, possibly with sons, daughters, grandkids kind of thing. And it's then this shitty kind of blaming of people and pointing fingers and stuff like that, and it's just, you know, the politics of that side of things is, is disgraceful, really. Well, hadn't one of the, the French ministers
3: come out and essentially blamed the Liverpool fans for it when... It was just the, the granted they didn't know that the chat. I had the, I actually had this chat with Sarah, she was like, Surely they know that this, this is happening at this time and on this date? And I was like, Well, you know, they have, they have had it moved at short notice because it was supposed to be in Russia. She's like, Well, when did they find out about it last week? I was like, No, no, good few months ago now. Well, you know, at least when the war started, maybe. And then um, I, I don't think they could have got it that. M- I mean, th- thankfully. They didn't get it so wrong that any, you know, there was no uh, fatalities. But like, like you said, Matt, then it's like, of all the fan groups, for it to happen to,
2: like, nah. Well, again, it's like it's not like that stadium doesn't run major sporting events on a regular basis. It is the basis for the French rugby team to play their games. It is the basis for the French national team to play the majority of their games. Oh, and who else plays there? PSG plays there on a regular like you know is it not is that not the PSG stadium it is now
1: that Mbappé no. is in charge yeah. so obviously it's in it's in Saint-Denis which is i'm assuming a suburb of Paris um it's actually sort of so it's not actually in the city center it's actually a little bit further out and i think uh, that Thierry Henry actually has been sort of saying on previous um, TV shows and things like that that people need to realise that the, the game's not in Paris it's in Saint-Denis and it's that Saint-Denis not like not nice apparently it's, like it's, being, got the risk, game, it's got a bit of a reputation as being a bit
2: mm, it's like saying the game's in Manchester when actually it's in
1: Moss Side or something or like that or something like that basically mm. but yeah it's uh, it's it, it does sound like it was terribly, terribly organised and just... But was it Was it delayed by 40 minutes or 45 minutes, something like that? It didn't... 45 minutes
3: in the end, what not it? Cause it was, was it supposed to be a quarter to eight kick-off? Right. It didn't kick off till half past. Um, But the um the, the latest thing that's... I've just had a quick flick because I know that it was it was being updated throughout the course of the day, but the, the latest thing from Sky Sports says that the... Uh, Liverpool CEO Billy Hogan says he's been horrified by accounts from fans after receiving more than 5,000 pieces of feedback about the issues surrounding the final. Um, but I, I knew that, like I said, I knew that the, the officials in France had blamed the Liverpool fans, but they didn't realise that UEFA had got in saying that they were blaming thousands of fans with fake tickets.
2: Well. They, it. They're going to point fingers. I mean, they're all about as corrupt as each other, and they're just going to try and set about blaming, blaming fans. And I think it's an easy, it's an easy kind of thing to do, is to point at fans. And unfortunately, you know, I don't want to dredge things up, but Liverpool's history in Europe, which is ridiculous because it's forty years ago now, makes them an easy target. You know. I think people point fingers at, at, at and, and I think unfortunately as well, and, and you know we'll see how it goes with the nation, league of nations, nations league kind of thing. Um, the unfortunate thing is that when England fans go abroad, they don't always know how to behave, and unfortunately, if it's an English club involved, they'll get tarnished with that brush of the, you know the minority of idiots who turn up and cause trouble, and that hasn't happened here. Because I think what what other people were saying was if you go and look at Spanish Twitter and Real Madrid things, they also said it was absolute shit show to getting into the ground and it was just as bad on their end not not being tear gassed and not being herded into the thing but again it was terribly organized and then on top of that isn't it Rangers and Seville have also put in complaints about the way that they're final was run as well so it's not it's it's not you know once is a mistake twice is it's a trend you know and it's not the first time it's happened and hopefully this will be the last but i can't imagine it because they're the second most corrupt institution in football
1: sadly that does definitely seem to be the case um well, like I say, it might unfortunately be a case for it has to get slightly worse before it gets better. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think you, th- there, are, there is obviously that, that thought that at times it's just easier for them to say, ah, well, English teams were involved. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's it happens time and time again. I mean, you know, we say this, but it's not as if, like, you know, Turkish clubs, for example, have never sort of caused problems like in Europe or, like, certain Spanish clubs, Italian clubs, have, uh, have caused problems in Europe for it's not It's not just linked to England, but obviously the narrative is ooh, English drunk, drunk English louts abroad, terrible, terrible. And as long as that's the narrative, then uh, I think we're, uh, we're almost fighting a bit of a losing battle there. Um, that's all I really had uh, for news. Chelsea, oh actually Chelsea, Chelsea, no on. it isn't um obviously it's uh, it's we've we've covered in passing the uh, the goings on at uh, everyone's favorite national league club in uh ryan Reynolds' wrexham and uh sadly their season has come to an end in what could only be described as incredible circumstances where uh, on Saturday they were playing in the what is basically the semi-finals of the National League playoffs. They were at home to Grimsby and uh, managed to succumb 4-5 after extra time with Grimsby for the second game in succession, scoring a 119th-minute winning goal. Um. Yeah, just just absolutely crazy that you can get a game that, that finishes that that with that highest score. Oh, crazy. They go on to face Solihull Moors in the final next week to uh, to see who gets the final place in the football league for next season. So it either be Grimsby or Solly Hull Moors. No relation. I, I sorry Stuart I uh, sort of jumped in there Before you went to Chelsea
3: The, the, the only other thing um, weirdly, from, a, from a whole perspective Was the completion Of the takeover at Chelsea Bit of a tenuous link I, uh, I hear you ask But we're after that uh, Nathan Baxter That we had on loan last season On a permanent So uh, the fact that That's now been sorted out Kind of opens the pathway To uh, to hopefully get that signing Across the line now So I mean But again Hasn't done so bad in his time there, really, has he? Apart from the fact that you know that he's linked to a well
2: <laughs> I was, was going to say, the, the Sky Sports coverage of it is borderline grotesque. Yeah. Because they had a little tribute to him and everything that they'd won in the 19 years that he'd been there. And you're like, can everybody remember why he's selling the club, please? <laughs> you know, because you know, of, of his links to... I mean, a murderous scumbag, is that going in a bit heavy, maybe?
3: Don't, don't be drinking any coffee that randomly turns up your house this week, man.
2: I'll be making my own. But, yeah, I found that quite gross, to be fair, the fact that they sat there and like celebrated everything that they'd won and stuff like that, and you kind of think... It's not like he's leaving the game because he's decided that he wants to sell up. He's been forced to sell up because they'd seized all his assets and he was desperate, desperate to kind of scrounge a bit of cash out of it somehow. And then, obviously, because they've frozen his assets and managed to delay the sale of the club before all this, he's now kind of not got any of the, any of that money. You it's know, sat in a bank account, hopefully going to the charities that he's promised. But I won't hold my breath.
3: Apparently, in that time, they've spent two billion pounds on transfers. Yeah. So you said the 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 caption I saw was um, the Abramovich years: two billion pounds spent, fifteen managers, and twenty-one trophies. And that's again just the glorification of that, just conveniently forgetting the other bit. <laughs> but yeah, so um. See I wasn't. I wasn't bothered about that side of it. Mainly, it was more the uh, the link to the fact that we might actually get a keeper that doesn't um, piss off the lieutenant at the drop of a hat. So,
0: can I interest you, gentlemen, in predicting some English football?
3: Do we have to go to Europe and get really, really drunk, as as uh, was alluded to earlier? <laughs>
0: Not have to, but we could. It's not in our contracts, but also <laughs> likewise, nothing's stopping us because it's not in our contracts. <laughs> I'll grab my passport. Um,
1: I, I'll I'll get a passport then. mine. <laughs> the ran out during the first lockdown, so and I just never renewed it because. Why would I need to TikTok though, you need to get it done soon Well, yeah Next year in mind Uh, Don't worry, it's all under control (laughs) Why do I not believe you? (laughs) Cheeky bastard
3: Anyway, back to the matter at hand Paul's forgetting that he needed to apply for it about three weeks ago To have it in any kind of time before, (laughs) Before the next 12 months And by the way, they won't have that time back on anymore either Anyway, like you said, moving
0: on. As previously mentioned, we have a series of England games coming up, uh, two of which uh, before our next recording. So we thought we might actually predict English football. First of the two games is Hungary versus England. Um, there's no there's no restrictions on who could go first or last, so. I'm going to go in a clockwise kind of motion, starting from my left. Stuart Mansi, you're first up. Okay,
3: so I have gone for uh, Hungary 1, England 1. And I've gone for Nagy. Not because there's two of them in the side, so that doubles my chances, because I'm going to have to specify before anybody says... Um, so stick me down for a Nagy. I'm not saying I've had a lot of stick recently, so you know. So go from there. But uh, and why not stick him down for his a goal on his England debut in form, former Hull City, current West Ham player, Jared Bowen.
0: Okay. Uh... This is where we get to play the game of did I actually manage to get anybody who plays for England currently and that are likely to play in either of these games. Let's find out, shall we? Um, I, just went, I just went all in on this game. 2-0 uh, to England. Kane. And Sterling.
1: You've
0: had that
2: one and Johnson
0: there. I nearly, I nearly thought about it, but... Um, There was. I saw nodding there, so I I believe that means I have in fact picked English players. Next on my hit list is Mr. Paul, the Boss Williams. What have you got for us, Boss?
1: Interesting. Um, I have also gone for England to win the game two nil. I have also gone for Harry Kane and I've also gone for Jared Bowen
0: oh there we go look at that Matthew you are last on the list I've also
2: gone for an England win but 2-1 okay uh, Kane and Sterling Salai, S Z A L A I.
0: Lovely stuff. That is that game predicted. That brings us to something that I thought was going to be like ooh, and then I was reliably informed not so much ooh. Uh, Germany versus England. as we went in, 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 in one direction, let's double back and go the other way. So, Matt, you're up first this time. I've gone for a one-all draw. Okay. Now I've got Harry
2: Kane scoring another one because he's a selfish, greedy goal hugger. <laughs> 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 Sorry, take the same. And Nabri. G-N-A-B-R-I.
0: Okay, that makes you next, Paul.
1: Yes, I have also gone for a one-one draw, uh, but I'll go for Gunduan or Gundogan for Germany, and I will have Sterling for England, please.
0: Um, I've gone somewhere in the middle. 1-0 uh, to England with Kane to score. And Stu. Uh,
3: you can stick me down for Desmond. I've gone 2-2. Two, two. Really? Um, so for Germany, I've gone for Muller and Havertz. And then for England, because I didn't pick him last time, and he very rarely goes two England games without scoring, I've gone for Harry Kane. And because he's kind of on home turf, maybe, I've gone for Hugh Bellingham for the next one. This is where I found out that they're playing the game in a neutral venue and has no bearing of where he places club football, but you know what I mean.
0: Uh, there we go. That is, that is the two England games that we are faced with this week. Fully... Predicted. <clears throat> Paul, anything left? Any anything to sweep up at the end?
1: I think so. Nothing. Uh... Oh, um, I've just I've just seen it flash up on the TV, but um, it will be the Spain not Spain Scotland versus Ukraine delayed World Cup qualifier. Tomorrow evening, yes. Tomorrow evening, seven forty-five. Um, and then the winner of that, I believe, it's on Sunday. Yes. So Scotland versus Ukraine in a straight one-off knockout game tomorrow evening. The winner of that will then go on to play Wales in Cardiff on Sunday. The winner of that game. We'll go to the World
0: Cup. Nice. There we go. A bumper episode. An absolute banger of an episode right there. Um, weirdly, with only one game to discuss, I think everybody was like, yeah, we we'll are not this out in a quick 40 minutes. Uh, it wasn't to be. It was a bumper episode. Uh, to finish the... Regular, regular season, I suppose. Um, luckily, we can we can keep this party going for another couple of weeks with England games. So look out for more news, reviews, and all of that wonderful stuff. Congratulations to Matthew Moore and his team for going up. Um, we'll have to we'll have to assess what next season's podcast will look like. Booted off the
2: podcast. Get promoted. Booted off the podcast. None of that Premiership nonsense here.
0: Whether whether we send his marching orders is uh, is largely up to you, the listener and viewer. Him the uh, him the him the up there in the below. Yeah or out.
2: Yeah. Matt Matt will have his misery cast. I'll go and sit on me (laughs) and football on my toddler. Well, how you feel about the ten 0 loss this week, Matthew? Oh, you know, well, come to be expected from Man City with Erling Har- Harlem signing for them. Yeah. you'll you'll have you'll have an instant
3: name for the podcast though, because you could just call it the Twelve Points Podcast once it gets that point, <laughs> job done. Yeah.
1: There we go. The, the first couple of weeks will just be the March to Twelve. <laughs> out,
0: out. There we go. Look out for Matt's new one-man show coming uh, to a podcast network near you. Hopefully, uh, the CookieCast Network, but you never know. He might he might jump jump podcast networks as well as uh, as well as leagues. We shall find. You,
1: pres- you can only presume the the title will be something like "You can only see the forest, not the teas, or something something like that, just to sort of like really hammer home. The fact that Forrest uh infinitely better than Borough. Not, nothing against Hull. It's just based on the fact that when we first floated that, that name out there, Matt was not happy. He felt it was a diss.
2: Well, who's
3: got the last laugh now, Paul? Is that
1: exactly.
0: Look at it this way. Look at it this way. If Matt does jump ship on the podcast, you've already got next season's name sorted. It's the tiger that came for teas. Ah! Oh,
2: I feel like I should just quit right now, and so you can do it. <laughs>
0: <coughs> we'll just do. We'll do. We'll just. do My God! I thank you. Me. I thank you.
2: We'll just do the forest I one. I thank really you. <laughs> instead, we'll just do the.
0: It's uh, It's a gift. Right, there oh, we go. So we've got, on so that... we have
1: got Premier League with the Tricky Trees. It's
0: fine. There we go. Doubling down on, on, on football podcasts. Look out for double the flavour of football podcasts coming next season. But until then, or even next week when we talk English football, it's, uh, it's my job to thank these wonderful gentlemen for taking us through a season, let alone a bumper edition of the podcast. And uh, we will check back next week... For uh for more countrywide football, let's say. Thank you gentlemen, and uh I will see you all next week. So there you go, what do you think to that? Congratulations to Matt and Nottingham Forest for securing victory and going up. Whilst I've got you, before I let you go. Please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop in any reviews that you feel are necessary. And uh, you can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. We've got uh, social media links and email button. and You can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. It's not quite it for the end of the football podcast for now. But it is the end of this podcast. So until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.